This is Linnea, and you're listening to Without Your Head, which I've done in a lot of movies. Have a good day, and stay scared. station of decapitation without your head i'm nasty neil that would make me terrible troy (laughs) (laughs) and we have the fine folks here of death drop gorgeous we have two of them returning but chris dalpy for the first time it's very good to have you here very excited to be here with the very cool lighting and a very nice dog hopefully he makes a run in later on (laughs) (laughs) michael ahern hello and very smiley over here. We have Brandon Paris. <laughs> Hello, how are you guys doing? He's a happy guy. He's a yeah, happy guy. Good. Good. It's good to see. Yeah. Chris is on the set of Suspiria tonight, which is fun. <laughs> yeah, very cool. I'm a, I'm a little disappointed we didn't show up with Nick, like kind of catchy nicknames, though. Like, oh, this comes. I have to. Start, I think we have to start preparing uh, beforehand. Chris, <laughs> you got killer, Chris. Well, well, for tonight, you can call me Broadway Brian, and we'll call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that it's just one hallway that's that's lit up. I think that makes it even creepier than if it was. It's, the rest of the house is also lit up weird, oh. but um, I just put the white light on for the kitchen so you could see my face. <laughs> <laughs> the mother of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> So this is uh, like a year and a half or so since the last time we talked to you. But for people who didn't see that last one, they should watch it. But uh, can you give everyone an idea of what Death Drop Gorgeous is? A monstrosity. <laughs> I like that. That's a good description. Yeah. I was going to say fucking amazing, but that was just me. Thank you. Um, what did we say in that fake trailer? How are we to describe it? <laughs> Abomination. Um, <laughs> I forget. We we came up with all these really fun, like Herschel Gordon Lewis sayings to nice. me. Now they're all escaping me. <laughs> <laughs> this story about a um, de- dejected bartender comes back from a, a bad breakup, um, gets his old job back at a, at a bar ran by a corrupt uh, bar owner. Um, at the same time, there's a, there's a war between the old drag queens, the young drag queens, and in the midst of all this, there's a serial killer knocking off uh, uh, gay people and draining their, draining their blood, and uh, yeah. 
got a few different things going on there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think I've seen this fake trailer, though. I'm going to have to look this up after the show. <laughs> we have, like, three fake trailers. And we actually were joking about making, like, a fourth fake trailer the other day. You know how, like, modern horror movies, their trailers are always the same? It's, like, the staccato violin, and it's, like, a creepy voice singing a pop song but slowed down or whatever. We were going to do that for Death Drop just for, like, shits and giggles. We haven't gotten to it yet. <laughs> Uh, but I don't want to give away the pop song we decided for it. <laughs> but it's going to be great. <laughs> did did uh, the fake trailers come before you actually made the movie? Was it like, is that how it came about? The first yeah. one that we ever released, um, we did as kind of a promotion to for our fundraiser. Like So before any death drop was um, ever filmed, before we had any sound equipment, we did this uh, ridiculous kind of uh, mock trailer in order to kind of be like, this is the vibe we're going for. And then after that, we made like a couple more just to kind of keep interest. We did one that was just, you know, like uh, Mike had said, kind of modeled after like early like Herschel Gordon Lewis trailers, like um, the, the Blood Feast one and the Painted Blood Red trailer, which are super funny. It's just me wearing clothes that are probably like a couple sizes too big for me, like standing in a graveyard and giving this long monologue of, of how what you're about to see is like an act of abomination. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'm glad that Herschel's coming up a lot because I'm a big fan of Herschel Gordon Lewis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, think, I, always I say, think, Mike, you said we were banned in like 17 countries. <laughs> <so> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This isn't a knock on Herschel movies. I, I enjoy them. But if you listen to the commentary track on Herschel Gordon Lewis movies, you'd swear like, oh, he just he must have made like the Gone with the Wind or the City of the Game before movie. <laughs> is it so is it the something weird movie where like you can see the actor reading lines off his hand? I think Probably. That, yeah, I think it is that one. He comes back in the house after he leaves the church. If you look at him, like looking at his hand for the it's pretty good. <laughs> Uh, by the way, something weird uh, video. That's one. Of, that's probably my favorite opening. Uh, like the opening for the something yeah. weird in other movies. I can just watch that. It's very fun. It's so good. <laughs> so how did how did you three uh, did did you guys know each other before you started making the movie? I assume. Um, Brandon and I have been friends for like a handful of years. Like him and my sister went to college together, and um, that's kind of how I got connected with them. He was always the older gay that I was in love with. I was like, you're so cool and you love horror and I want to be your friend. Um, so stalked him for a little while and now we're friends for life. <laughs> <laughs> the training order ends in a few months. So <laughs> so, uh, Mike hard Zoom journey. <laughs> How did Mike get involved? You just saw the mustache and you like this guy. Yeah, they were just like, and then that one can join us, I guess. Um, <laughs> I also saw Brandon across um, a red lit bar and I was like, okay, so handsome. And then, um, so Chris and I both fell in love with him on the spot. Um, and then and now we know him well enough just to be friends. <laughs> <laughs> I only pulled um, off in bar lady. If you see me during the day, no one's coming. To <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but, then, but for real, like Brandon and I had just been like drinking and like brainstorming, um, like if we were to see like a gay slasher, what would that look like? And we were really focusing on um, the dating apps like Grinder and Scruff and um, really just having fun kind of brainstorming of different ways you could kill somebody in that like very easy platform for serial killers to do their business. Um, and I think it was about a year later that um, uh, Brandon had like mentioned this idea to Mike and he was like, let's fucking do it. Let's write that script. And so um, Brandon got us all together. Um, Mike and I did not fall in love when we first saw each other. I actually thought he hated femme boys. And so, but later in life, we just became best friends. Yeah. That was the first night I met. The first night we started brainstorming the script was the very first night I met Chris. He was in like gym shorts and like a jersey. And I'm like, this guy's going to beat me up. <laughs> <laughs> and then he realized he could probably beat me up. <laughs> True. Well, kind of along those lines, um, if you have different personalities and stuff, uh, how did that work when you're writing a script together? Magic. We were actually like the, the best part about it is we all played to our strengths, which was, which is good. Um, I think we all have different, um, 
approaches and likes in the horror genre. And um, we, when it came down to actually like, you know, writing a movie and, and filming it, just um, everyone just kind of fell into place as to where they were good, what they were good at and what they needed to do. And it, it kind of it worked like clockwork. It actually, we lucked out because uh, it doesn't work like that all the time. <laughs> yeah, it was strangely easy. Like, I feel like the writing process, even we were just having a lot of fucking fun. Um, like it was something we I personally like looked forward to. We would meet like I think it was like every Tuesday evening. I think it was Tuesdays. Yep. Um and I just always looked forward to it. It was it was always like something that like Monday sucked and like Tuesday sucked, but I would at least have my boys to to drink whiskey and write a screenplay with. So yeah. And, and to go off of that, like it was kind of like a weird Dungeons and Dragons circle where we would basically just sit in a circle and make funny Rhode Island voices at each other until we found a line that we liked. And then we're like, ooh, write that down, write that down. And basically, we just like made believe this whole story up. <laughs> Troy and I are longtime D&D players. So we oh, without a doubt. That's awesome. So you get I, it. You do the voices, you do the outfits, oh, yeah. and you get into it. <laughs> I just now noticed the mutilator shirt. Yeah. Pretty sweet. yeah. Oh, nice. Those are my faves. <laughs> nice. Yeah, this is, uh, I don't like this, this show about me, but or about without your head, but years ago, it was like two, a long time ago, 2005, 2006, we had the director of The Mutilator on. Yeah. At the time, he hadn't done any interviews. And uh, um, he, he sent me a copy of the movie. And then like a week after the interview, he called me up and he's like, can you send that back? And I was like, well, yeah. And he's like, it turned out it was the only the only uh, version of the uncut movie in existence, and he said he sent it to me on the, the only disc that that existed of it, and so I sent it back. And then a couple years after that, uh, Arrow, I think Arrow re, re, uh, got it and put out like the special edition. But if I didn't send it back, it would have it would have been lost forever. But I was just, oh, I should have made a copy of that. And I, just, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen the uncut one yet. It's probably awesome because the 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 cut one is actually pretty gruesome. I can't imagine the oh, uncut yeah. one. Yeah, it's so, a Valentine on cut like changed my whole thing. Oh, it's on really different. Yeah. I I lo- I I like that movie. It wasn't like one of my like go-tos, but then like um Providence Horror uh, P- the PVD Horror guy showed at a brewery here, the uncut one. I was like, "Holy shit, it's it's very very <laughs> underrated, but like that covers and did not do that movie justice. Like it was it's great." Yeah. I honestly think that's one of the most underrated um slasher movies, especially if you see yeah. the underrated one, the unrated one like you said. Oh, totally. The, the killer's cool. And I love the the, the ending song, the, uh, the ode to, uh, I forget his name, but the killer. And it's just like this, it's this very nice, like, folk song about, about a killer. It's very strange. Yeah, it's got that kumbaya kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah, it's going, not yeah. fitting for our movie, which I totally yeah. love about it. But yeah. <laughs> uh, Tristan, you have a question. Yeah, you guys have thrown out a few titles, but I'd love to know what everyone's favorite horror film is. Um, I think my favorite horror film ever is Alien, which I know I guess could be considered sci-fi, but I just feel like the uh, it's it's I a horror it's movie. Horror. Yeah, yeah. Um, it has to take place in space, but I would say it's horror. yeah, yeah. Um, I, just like such a well-paced film, and it's just like it's such a weird slow burn and. The body horror is terrifying. The whole concepts of the of the creatures are so terrifying to me. So, I think that's probably my favorite horror movie. It's one choice. So I always answer this in a very different way, but Alien is usually mine. So I'm mad that like <laughs> like my <laughs> first. So I'm gonna get like uh, weirdly like if I was gonna go second tier down. I usually, for the comedy aspect, I usually say Death Becomes Her for the balanced out, like, the genres. But um, I think that's as Stranger, I think Strangers on the Train... Oh, what was that? I said that's an underrated movie, and I don't yeah, really hear is. a lot of people bring that up. It's, it's probably the best, mo- the best hole in, in a person scene. <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> and the fall downstairs scene, like, epic. Um... Yeah, I've, so I'll leave it at that. I think Death Becomes Her. I've seen that movie over a hundred times. Like, I'm annoying to watch it with. Because I'll just be quoting the whole thing. <laughs> uh, that, that's a unique answer. My favorite movie of all time is um, I'm, I'm a huge nerd and a Clive Barker fan. I, I just love the first Hellraiser so much. I, just, I think it's great. 
Um, it's got such a unique story, unique characters. Um, yeah, that movie is just such a blast. It's <laughs> it's so weird. The score is fantastic. Everything about it is just it's just a good time. Um, especially like taking that little novella, and making it into that film, and you know, I thought it was really well done. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, we did a few years ago um, a Hellraiser week or month. And, you know, I revisited all the movies and, and, and uh, read the book for the first time, the novella, like you said. And uh, something I noticed, though, about the first Hellraiser, which I think is unique, usually horror movies use a lot of red, but uh, it's primary bl- primarily blues in uh, yeah. Hellraiser. And I think it's like the lack of, you know, it's almost like death. You know, there's no, no color in everybody. Oh, yeah. It's got a very cold feel. The yeah. second one's really blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really blue, um, like like sucked, or really blue, like blue. Hellraiser <laughs> <laughs> blue. It needed the money. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, are you excited for the reboot of Hellraiser? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, have some, I have some inside details on that. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it. I have, I have some friends in the biz, and um, they were kind of telling me why that script is getting tossed around because I, I think people know that, like. Oh. It went from the the French directors that were that did Martyrs, then it went to the um, I think I think the Frontier guy, and then it went to um, back to Clive Barker at one point, and then it kept getting passed around. And uh, yeah, that's the, usually a bad sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it got passed to a friend of mine, and um, what they wanted to do with it was just absolutely horrendous, and it was like a hard no. So uh, I, I'm hoping that this is separate from this hot potato game they've been playing with it, but uh, who, who knows. Yeah, I actually, I know I'm probably in the minority. I did like the last Hellraiser. It, it's not like the greatest movie of all time, but it it, uh, it did some different stuff, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, they're all they're all totally rewatchable. Um, even if they're not, I still I think the first one is still it's like yeah, yeah. The first one's really a, uh, a movie onto itself. I love that second one too. I love it. <laughs> yeah, well, some people that's their favorite. Uh, <laughs> second one. So you you know so you guys get together you write a movie make the movie post then the festival scene and now it's actually out people uh you know you don't have to go to a festival to see it so what's that whole experience been like i know that's a big giant question but i would assume you, that really would uh that make you guys closer and just this big long you know experience of everything happening well, the one thing with the fest is that COVID kind of screwed us. We didn't really get to go to, to any of the festivals. Um, we, we did get into, I think, like around like 20-ish, but they were all online. Um, the Vortex Festival in Rhode Island, um, they, they have like a horror sci-fi fantasy section. And um, they, they played uh, a, a column of short films and then ours at the drive-in. So that was kind of fun, like as their like way to get around the COVID stuff. Um, but still like nothing really, nothing in person, unfortunately. But um, Yeah. Oh, one of the, I think the coolest things in the past couple months is I think when we were in the festival scene, like in like post post production, um, the, a lot of the wins and the successes of the where we were at was like kind of like our team. Um, but with the distribution and it out there in the world, I feel like a lot of our um, cast and crew, like the full cast and crew gets to like celebrate. And um, I feel like they're all kind of feeling the win of um, getting to see their city out there, their local drag queens out there, their local music out there. And uh, it's just been like a fun way to celebrate with a lot of folks who helped make this movie possible. How about yourself, Mike? Yeah, I think that's like, I agree with both the boys, but it's also been really we've been getting such like kind reviews and like from strangers. And it's so insane when like someone writes this very thoughtful review that almost reads like a thesis and you're like, they like, not that I didn't like believe in what, what we made, but it's so exciting when someone can like pull what we were doing and like, just elo- like eloquently like write this beautiful review and, and how, what their experience was like. So, um, just to have that sort of effect on some stranger in some state, or even if some of them, um, our distributor um, also like reached out to reviewers in like Canada and stuff. So, but just like to, yeah, to have that sort of 
you go to the movies to have an experience so to like provide that experience for some stranger has been like kind of weird and surreal uh, and really awesome so i i've been loving that i've been loving seeing like reading people's reactions yeah uh was it a hard movie to get distribution for what was that process like i assume you hadn't gone through something like that before no it was a learning process for all of us and thankfully um uh, Roman Cimenti and Tyler Jensen, who made the Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street yeah, documentary. Been yeah, been on the show a few times. They've been such great resources and mentors for us, and they've they've been doing this thing for a little bit now. So we relied on them a lot, um, and the distribution process was it was like probably not the same as most films. We're obviously a very like particular kind of film, and particular particular <laughs> um and and we had like we've had, we had we would talk to like some here and there and then um and nothing really like like stuck and then uh then like almost sort of like i don't know in the ninth inning dark star came through and and then we we made that leap it was kind of like online dating for a long time <laughs> right like, yeah, yeah. we like set up these relationships like we like like had these like really great first dates and then like, and then they just don't call you back. And you're like, excuse me, but you made a lot of promises in that first conversation. <laughs> I, I gotta give a shout out to Kay from Salem Horror Fest too. Cause I, she kind of had a hand in helping us with Dark Star too. Um, she, she is fantastic. She's a great resource for anyone looking to, to get into the, the indie, indie horror world. Um, yeah, so she, she's fantastic, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, anything stand out? I know it was uh, virtual festivals, but then any uh, experiences with the festival stand out? You know, I guess Salem stands out. Yeah, we got to see um, one of the best parts, like having a movie in the fest is you get to like do it for free because they can be kind of pricey, especially the amount of them we were in. Um, but we saw a lot of really great indie horror um, and we made a lot of connections with these, with these other directors and, and actors. And um, it, it, that was really cool. Like one thing we've been talking about lately is like, just kind of like, I believe like, you know, the gory prosthetic effects and like the like more graphic sex and shit that you're going to see, it's going to come more from the underground and more from the DIY world. Um, I think Hollywood's kind of toning their stuff down a lot. So I'm hoping that like people will start getting sick of it and start looking back into like, there's a huge thriving underground scene with really good movies out there that are just waiting to be seen. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of like getting them into the right places and the right hands and um, I don't know. So I'm, I'm hoping that there's going to be like a, a, an upheaval at some point. <laughs> yeah. Like a revival of like new ideas and fresh ideas. I'm not going to like say names of things, but like we've watched movies here at the house and so many kills are off screen or it's just like a CGI mess. And you're just kind of like, what is, I don't know. It's just, some, it's not, it almost feels like, I don't know. You're it's just not as a satisfying, but um, Salem horror fest was definitely probably one of, one of the highlights. It was just such a great, like community and it was like because it was virtual like everything was happening online and on twitter and like seeing people react in real time to death drop and like brandon said the the other films and the other filmmakers that were in it were so supportive and so sweet we actually won the audience award at salem horror fest which felt like a really big uh big feat that was really cool I know Shutter's been grabbing some of those titles that we played with too, which is cool. Um Bleed with me, which I, I thought was really fun, is on yeah, Shutter. Christian and I both really like that too. Yeah, mm. the other movie that I wish with the name of that starts with an R. The, the, the two, the the guy and the girl in the possession, they filmed on iPhones. I, I always threshold. I, threshold. Yeah, um, I, oh, I heard a rumor that they stuff. might begin on there. I don't know if that's true or not, but um, someone had said something on Twitter about it, so they might end up on there as well too. Yeah, that year for Salem Horror was so good. Like we had Bleed with Me, Threshold, The Strings, which I don't know that has it's gotten distribution yet, but it one hundred percent will. That was a great film. Danny and the Vampire, we were on there. Like it was just like a, it was a fucking great festival. Was that horror. back road? Was back road on there? Or was that another fest? I think that was um, Houston oh, Horror. <laughs> that one. That one was a trip. But <laughs> if you guys see back road pop up on something, it is like such a, a sleazy, gory '80s throwback. It's it's a blast. Um, the, you can tell they had fun making that movie. It's disgusting. Uh, just keep an eye out for that one I, I, we loved it <laughs> <clears throat> but you were saying about shutter and stuff that is um 
a fun part about doing the festivals, then like you get to see all these movies like a year before, you know, they start hitting shutter. And you even if you uh, sometimes you, you might've met the director. And even if you didn't though, you feel like a connection to it. Like, Hey, you know, uh, I saw this movie when it was, you know, just playing a festival and, you know, not now, like a lot of people are seeing it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's fun to see them. Like, it's fun to see, it feels like your peers. Like, it feels like you went to college together almost. And like seeing them, <laughs> seeing them succeed has been so exciting. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it, especially when you recognize them and they follow you on Twitter and they like when you're succeeding. I don't know. It just feels like a nice, like warm hearted, like community uh, through Salem Horror. Yeah, I, I agree totally. And it does seem like uh, horror uh, fans and horror filmmakers are very accepting of other, because uh, um, a lot of different types of people like horror movies. It could be some crazy guy with a bunch of tattoos or some normal looking guy. But you know, I think if everyone, if if you have a common love, you tend to uh, to to gravitate and, and like each other. Is the truth? Is it? That was like another interview we just had. Someone was saying it's like you know you get these like horror conventions together. There's hundreds and hundreds of people there. There's not a single fight. It's just everyone is like so chill. You leave you leave making a bunch of friends, and it's it is very true. Yeah, I have very uh, few negative experiences ever. I don't think any at a festival, just one at a convention. But <laughs> I don't like to talk about it. But anyway, <laughs> videos of me talking about. It. Uh, Troy, do you have a question? Now, Troy had uh, Death Drop Gorgeous on his uh, 13 best movies of the year during our uh, thousand. I did indeed. It was. Oh, thank you. That one just really, really grabbed me. It just, oh. just uh, kind of blew my little mind. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you oh, so much. Thank you. I just wanted to know if, um, if any of you guys are excited about uh, Shutter's got the new season of uh, Dragula coming up. And oh yeah, I remember last time you you know you were the one that told me to to check it out. Yeah, yeah, we're all pretty excited for it. Um, uh, obviously, Victoria Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth Black from season two did a huge portion of our special effects. So um, that show is just like the some of the things those contestants come up with are is just so fascinating. Like some of their minds just. Are, are so intriguing and the things and that, that they make. Um, so yeah, no, we're excited for that. I'm psyched for a Hozo Teratoma. She's going to be a wild one. I think, I think her stuff is fantastic. <laughs> a, lot of it, a lot of things she does is based in folklore. So she does these crazy wild monsters. Oh. Yeah. It'll, it'll be fun. Yeah. I always like the ones that look, I want them to look fucking scary. Like I, and she looks, oh, yeah. terrifying. She looks terrifying. So <laughs> it seems want... like this whole season, the whole cast looks, looks pretty spooky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm ready for it. You said, uh, someone involved in that did your special effects. How did that come about? <laughs> well, we, um, we were watching season two and, um, I, I fell in love with Victoria, um, Victoria lives with black. I thought she, she, I, I love bitch pudding, but I think Victoria kind of had that season in the bag. Um, but, uh, I did more research on her and saw she had her own little like special effects studio. Um, I was like, Oh, I wonder if she would be interested in doing special effects for us. But if you're reaching out to a lot of people in like New York and the, the, the prices were outrageous, it was a lot of money. And I was like, how the fuck are we going to do this? Um, so on a whim reached out to her, they got back to us super quick. Um, price was great. Uh, they stayed here for a week, banged out three of our really big, really big death scenes. We're super professional. Um, her and her partner who, uh, uh opulence black also does drag as well. It was really good. Uh, they they just were. I, I highly recommend if anyone's looking for special effects for their film. They were just like super pro, super quick. Like just had a. Like they came here with a vision and banged it out, and it, I, we couldn't ask for anything better. It was great. That was such a fun week um, too, because <laughs> um, basically like during the day, like um, we would work on all of like these prosthetics, um, getting like certain things ready for the next day. But then we um, also got them booked at a bunch of the um, drag bars in Providence. So then we would bring them out and like, uh, bring, like it was just a cool like party week where we made, oh, that's great. made some gross shit. And then also <laughs> I, love I love it. So is that where you met the, um, um, I forget the, name, the names escape me, the guys who made uh, the Mark Patton documentary. Did you meet them on the festivals too? Oh, so we met, met them at um, Salem Horror Fest. So Devin, um, that's he scored half the film. Uh, he's friends with Linnea Quigley, and he was like, "Hey, do you want to come to Salem Horror meet Linnea Quigley?" We're like, "Absolutely!" Um, so went down there, um, hung out with them, and then um, I, I can't remember if it was the first year, or the second year. We went back. I think it was the second year. Went back the second year, and um, uh, Tyler and Roman were there. We were just at this after party at this this awesome Shushi brother that book shows and does like DJ nights. Um, and then um, 
they came over and said hi to Linnea. Then we also started chatting and um, me and Roman, Roman gave, gave us his card because he does a uh, post audio work and we really needed that done. And he was like, I really want to help you guys um, contacted him and then kind of just connected that way. And they, they're just, they're just like the best dudes. They're, they're really nice. And I recommend them. If you ever need a trailer cut, if you ever need like any sound stuff done, they're both like fan- fantastic. Just really, really talented. Yeah. Devin's a good guy too. I'm friends with him and it's oh, nice. He's doing uh, very good lately. He, yeah. he's open about this. He got, he got clean and stuff the last few years. And, yeah, you know, yeah. And now he's like in realty. And like, I know. He's very prim and proper looking and he's got pictures in realty. And I was like, this isn't the Devin I know, but cool. for him. <laughs> <laughs> He probably says the same about you, Neil, now that, now that you're all good. Yeah. It would be weird if you bought a house from him and you looked up maybe some of his music videos or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you said, you know, it's a gory movie and, you know, it's it's a crazy movie. But so uh, did that ever come up with distribution? Anyone like we want you to cut this movie down, cut these scenes out? Thankfully, no, right, guys? I feel like there was talks of like, well, what about that prosthetic penis? And we (laughs) were like, it's sort of right now at a, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it type of thing. Uh, But nothing had to be cut. One person did ask us to shorten the movie by 15 minutes, and we were kind of like, no. (laughs) So, uh, but other than that, no, nothing, nothing yet. Fingers crossed, knock on wood, et cetera, et cetera. It's like the world recognized that us having a dong through a glory hole in a meat grinder was an important moment. Like that was an important moment of cinema that like without a doubt that they're like, we can't ask them to take this away. You know, those books that are like, like 501 movies you need to see before you die. (laughs) There's just like the reason for death drop gorgeous is just that glory hole scene. It's like changes cinema forever. Yep. I'm nervous because, like, the rule of with apparently the rule of Amazon is, Amazon is you can't show an erect penis, but if it's not attached to a body, you can show it. So you could show it. <laughs> seems like it would be even <laughs> 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 You got to protect the a severed penis as long as it's not attached. To it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that's pretty specific. Coming, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> These people at Amazon are real weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we don't want to see lady nipples or hard dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else, go. It is weird that uh, female nudity is is like gets a much. It's fine for the most part, but any kind of penis in a movie, it's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> what are you to do? All the more reason to chop them off. Chris, <laughs> <laughs> do you have another question? Halloween is next month. Do you guys have any costume ideas for yourselves? <laughs> I'm going to do like a pretty um, grotesque rotten mummy this year. So that's that's my plan. I like this. <laughs> yeah. Mummies don't get enough love. There's not a ah, no. werewolves. Make man. mummies cool again. Make I mummies guess. cool again. That's a good hat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's this um, historic building in Providence called the Barnaby Castle that um, a friend of ours lives in and renovates it by running uh, fundraiser parties. Um, so she does a big Halloween party every year. And because I'm cheap as hell and I don't pay a ticket, I just be part of her costume. Um, so every year we kind of think of like a weird um, combo. So we're all going to be kind of like death flowers like human like you're like a living costume yes like um so basically think like um renaissance gestures with like kind of like the frilly neck things but basically kind of like zombie flowers in a way that's what i got (laughs) i that's more much more intriguing than what i'm thinking of Uh, how about yourself mike I think we, I don't know if I'm committed to this yet, but my friend Desiree loves Courtney Love. And so um, she was going to be Courtney Love and I was going to be Madonna from the VMAs when um, (laughs) Courtney Love threw tampons at her or whatever. So we were just going to maybe like, I I don't have big Halloween plans, but maybe we're going to like walk around with her just like throwing stuff at me (laughs) while I'm I'm Madonna. (laughs) 
You get good reactions that way, I think. I think it'll be fun. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) What are you guys doing? Uh, I'm going to be going to uh, the 12 hour horror movie marathon in Brookline um, at the Coolidge Corner Theater. Any costumes? I do actually have my costume already um, picked out because so one of the headliner movies is Halloween three at at the marathon. And so I'm going as the, as the skeleton kid, you know, the the three wear the mask. So yeah, I I have it all picked out already. That's awesome. I was going to do the pumpkin, but I figured everyone does the pumpkin. So yeah. What's the pumpkin? He's just got the pumpkin head. Then he's just got like regular clothes on. (laughs) <laughs> I guess I could glue like worms coming out of my head or something. Oh yeah, yeah, That'd yeah. Be fun. Yeah, yeah. I already got the skull mask, so we're going with us. Troy, do you have anything? Just that- handing out candy. Well, that's fun. Yeah. Are you gonna dress up to give out the candy? I probably will. Uh, I don't know if I if I can do some eight minute abs, I'll be craving the honor, but that probably <laughs> won't happen. So I, I'm thinking probably Jafar. Oh. Okay. Suggested you'd make a good werewolf at one point. Yeah, a werewolf would be fun. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see if I want to put that much effort into it. But with the beard, I can see the Jafar. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'll twist that bad boy up. Um, do you have a parrot by chance? That <laughs> I wish I did. I have a tortoise. If that's close, I can put a tortoise on my shoulder, and I'll be <laughs> like, uh, "Oh, that's a huge surprise! I'm gonna have a heart attack with that." <laughs> I should. I should just do Iago. Yeah, that's you what should, I, yeah. I was just gonna say. What I always loved about Jafar is he's like a very understated, like gay character. Like he is a total homosexual, even though he's like really trying to kidnap Jasmine and all that shit. But like he is, yeah, you know, that's down overcompensation. Yeah, yep. Uh, Trist, how about yourself? Uh, do you have any uh, plans for Halloween? I'm usually a cat or a mouse, but I'm not sure what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll probably dress up for the show too. At least I will. I usually dress stupid for the show. Every day. <laughs> They're amazing for the show. By the way, when you were talking about mummies, do you have a favorite mummy from a movie? Because uh, just underrated mummy is the mummy from Tales from the Dark Side, the movie, which I think oh, is without a, a doubt. Yeah. The mummy is very cool. I think that's the best one, too. I love that one. It's really creepy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Seems like now they want like sexy mummies, which I don't think that really that really I don't think that's a weird mix. Like like a mummy's old and dry and like that doesn't scream sexy to me. I don't know. But what do I know? I don't know. What I loved about them, like in the era of like kind of English like colonialism of just like we're just gonna steal a bunch of like ancient relics. Like it was like a use them as fuel. It would throw them in like locomotives. <laughs> I just love the idea that like it was a punishment, like a punishment like to like uh modern society for like fucking with old stuff. <laughs> I like that. So uh, you guys mentioned Linnea Quigley uh, getting involved through Devin, and she's really been supportive of the movie. So, you know, it wasn't like she just showed up and was in the movie. Uh, you know, after that, she, she came on the show, and she's really been uh, supportive. What was uh, she like? She was super, super sweet. She was just this, like, free spirit. Like, she's definitely marching to her, to her own drummer, That you know that saying? Um, loves animals. Uh, is just such a good person. Um, yeah, I don't know. She's her like how bubbly and sweet she is is contagious. Like she definitely like kept everyone laughing and everyone smiling. She's she's a uh, what you see is what you get with her. She's great. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I think we all agree. We're big fans of Linnea. Yeah. Yep. yep. And you can check out we uh, we picked out some qu- uh, some quotes of her from the last interview, which were were very fun. And <laughs> she does, she has some she has some good ones. <laughs> Didn't she also have like a sequel idea too for the movie? She was like Gloria and. In- Paris, wasn't it? That? That's right. I think you're right. <laughs> that was her idea. That's all. That's all she gave us. So I don't know if there's more, but Gloria in Paris. She's yeah. on to You have the title. That's all you need. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think she just wants to go to Paris. <laughs> the rest will work itself out. Yeah. <laughs> Are there plans to do a sequel or, uh, you know, expand this world? We get asked this question so much that I'm starting to believe we should just start writing one. (laughs) 
yeah it's, it's we it's fun to be asked this because like i mean obviously it's it's left in such a way that there could be a sequel um but we don't have like any formal plans we don't have any specific ideas we've all kind of like talked about like what if we did this and maybe that um but I, yeah, we if a very rich like producer wants to throw us a bunch of money, then we'll 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 bang out that sequel real quick. Um, but but right now, um, uh, yeah, no no formal plans. Oddly enough, the projects that we are working on, like there was um, the script Queen of the Rats and then the one um, St. Drogo, which is kind of halfway through production. I think what we've all had fun with is that we're with creating these storylines that are all very local, it's possible that all of the the universes of these movies could actually like overlap. So not to say we're like getting all Marvel pretentious on everyone, but like there's some cute overlaps. Yeah. There's like little Easter eggs that we have planned. Um, Yeah. Drop universe. Yeah. 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 Whatever. (laughs) This weird, this weird Providence, um, whatever it is in our heads. Um, yeah, we're halfway through production of St. Drogo, which is will be our next film. So that's, um, that's exciting. Yeah, it's really exciting. There's like a sort of a teaser concept trailer on Vimeo right now. If folks want to take a look. It's very moody um, and it'll be it'll be different than Death Drop. But I think people will be also impressed with like how much we've grown as storytellers, as filmmakers. Um, and you'll see some familiar faces, too, just not in drag this time. Oh, that's very exciting. And, you know, mentioned that, you know, people are asking about a sequel, but it's also fun to just do something completely different, you know, and, and write a completely new story. So can you tell us anything about this besides, you know, that there's a the Vimeo uh, trailer <laughs> up there? Yeah. So, well, in COVID, we wrote two scripts. Uh, Queen of the Rats was the first one, but we're going to need a real budget for some aspects of that. So we decided to put that on hold to focus on St. Drogo. And so we wrote something that like deliberately we wanted to have, we wanted to be able to execute it and we wanted it to be smaller, still challenging. Like it's not, it's not like we, it's just like two people talking in a car for, for an hour and a half. Like it, there's, there's still scenes that we need to execute that are really big, a lot of good special effects. Um, But it's about, um, this couple whose relationship is grown like a little bit strained and they're kind of like missing each other conversational wise. And um, one of them is being plagued by these very disturbing nightmares of his ex. Um, and they decide to take a vacation to Provincetown, Cape Cod in the off season. Um, and that is, yeah, it's so beautiful out there in the winter, creepy and bleak yeah. and um and that was a setting I really wanted to explore. I really wanted to explore because uh, I dated someone who lived in P-Town full time. And when I'd go there in the winter, it was just such a, a like drastic contrast to P-Town in the summer. So I really wanted to explore that setting. And I wanted to do something that was a little like mysterious. And so Brandon wrote this really beautiful outline. Um, and we kind of went from there. And uh, so, yeah, the couple ends up going to P-Town and uh one half of the couple finds out that his ex who had been working there for the summer has gone missing. And so it sort of begins this journey of him kind of searching for him. And as that's happening, their relationship is sort of, sort of crumbling. He's plagued by more disturbing imagery and um, yeah. And then it gets fucking crazy in the last 30 minutes, like it does death drop. So (laughs) (laughs) what you said there is kind of true about all of Cape Cod because the summer is, is such a big tourist community uh, you know, everyone's coming here. And then the winter, you know, people don't aren't coming down here. And plus you have this, the big season change. So everything looks different. And yeah, it is a, is a much uh, completely different from uh, winter to uh, the summertime. E-Town, though, Neil, it's so such a huge difference. Like if you're <laughs> trying to make it down Commercial Street in the summer, like it takes forever. And in the winter, there's nobody around. You can just walk over to Spiritus Pizza and have a good time. It's good. Right. And it's just, it's funny because um, obviously, I don't know if you guys watch American Horror Story, but this new yeah, season. Just, like, the new, yeah. Yeah, it takes place in Provincetown in the off season, which is like a total weird coincidence. Like we were in, <laughs> we were in the, the middle of, I don't know if we had started already filming or if we had like started gearing up to film when we heard about it. And we were like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> um, 
But when we were the so we filmed about like sixty or so percent already. So we just have like a good chunk um, to finish this fall, winter, and spring. And um, when we were in P Town filming this past winter, like we'd hear folks be like, "Oh, that's the American Horror Stories." Like they kind of like <laughs> they like thought we were them, and they left us alone. Like they were all very nice. No one was. But well, that's probably was, really good then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of good, but also very silly because it's like us three like i don't know there's no one famous like we, we have one cameraman like it's not but the, i guess they, they thought we were ryan murphy and co so if you get like free drinks out of the deal don't complain oh my god i, I wish should, i should have tried that yeah don't you know who i am come on <laughs> Okay. Just a quick friend of the show, Craig Lindbergh, uh, worked on the special effects, uh, the makeup for uh, that season of uh, American Horror Story. Oh, cool. I only saw the first two episodes, so I haven't finished it. I, mean, I haven't watched any of, it, of the season yet. Yeah. I've been enjoying it. I really I, uh, My dad and my partner have been watching it, so I've caught glimpses. But uh, oh, okay. the fact that my dad's been watching it and there's enough your elements, I actually was like, I think you're ready for Death Drop Gorgeous. And, uh, there you go. <laughs> and, and he enjoyed it. He thought we wrote a good story. Okay. I'm like, awesome. I'm like, all That's right, great. salt of the earth cowboy who was born in the 50s. You're welcome. <laughs> That's very cool. How, how yeah. about the rest of you? Has, you? has your family watched Death Drop Gorgeous? Yeah, surprisingly enough, yeah. Yeah, my mom watched it when, uh, so we premiered at, um, Wicked Queer, which is the LGBTQ film fest in Boston. And um, I called my mom after and her her reaction, she was like, it was very good, but did you have to do all of that? Meaning like all the (laughs) blood and stuff. And I was like, well, which one bothered you most? And she said, um, the Brandon's at the end. She was like, why'd you got it? Why'd you have to do all of that? It was just like, I don't Can know. Can we actually take that as like an official quote? Because I love it. Like, yeah, it was <laughs> good, but did they have to do all of that? <laughs> yeah. That was great on the, bo- on the box cover. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right on the DVD. It was really good. But did you have to do all of that? And then that's just the review. <laughs> and then like in interviews, we'll just be like, that's not gorgeous. We did all of that. <laughs> yeah, and you can also include your other quote earlier. It's a very peculiar film. Particular, film. Particular. 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 <laughs> uh, by the way, Brandon, what's your cat's name? Oh, that's Lynx. She's <laughs> very cute. Some, uh, she, keeps, she keeps bugging me. She wants some camera time. <laughs> oh, you should put her on. Sweetest when cat I, ever. Yeah. When I first met Lynx, I was like, oh, Link. So I like played Legend of Zelda when I was growing up. I was up. exactly thinking. And Link. I was like, oh, Link from Legend of Zelda. And Brent's like, no, like the sausages. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought it was always like the cat link. That's what I was thinking with an X. Yeah, that's kind of what I've known this cat for like 10 goddamn years. Like, I never thought to ask. Yeah, I, went, I went right to Zelda 2, and links I get a uh, sausage link. So that one's, uh, I did not expect that. I guess you're just a big fan of sausage, I guess. I don't <laughs> <laughs> he, he's actually a vegetarian. <laughs> Where the hell does name come from? I'm very confused now. Most of us are vegetarians, which, like, fun fact, the meat grinder scene, those are veggie hot dogs. Oh, really? The sizzling sausages are also a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> no That's animal farms. You know, vegan sausage links. <laughs> well, Tristan, do you have another question? Do you guys have any advice for aspiring creators? Oh, we have so much advice. Yeah. Um, I think first um, that I, at least what I would want to say is like collaborate and like find your people because I could not have like made even a short film without these two guys. So if it wasn't for them and if it wasn't for like our community and everyone we kind of roped into this very insane film, um, it wouldn't have existed. So I think for a long time, I was just very solo in like my creative like endeavors. And it wasn't until I started working with them that I realized the the value of, um, of collaboration. So yeah, find your people and like, and there's like, I don't know. And like, I don't know. Yeah. Collaborate. 
I got I got to just jump on that because I agree so much. Like I think uh, as artists, we're all supposed to be so capitalist uh, in our approach and philosophy of like how do you market yourself and create your career, and the idea of being like I'm supposed to be this. This is my job. This is what I'm going to make. Uh, like. I feel like that's really creatively stifling. And um, there were so many ideas that like we shared together that just got better together. Like uh, I like sometimes I make too many jokes for my own good and I don't take anything too seriously, but then these boys show up and they're like, but let's take this seriously and magic happens. And um, I get inspired back. Like I think it's just like the circle of inspiration that kind of really um, helped sustain the project. The best advice I give too is along with all of that is just, you know, if you have a story you want to tell, just tell it. You don't have to worry about anyone thinks, just do it. Um, don't be afraid to reach out to your community. There's a lot of people out there that love this stuff, like businesses, friends, actors, people, you know, they want to, they want to help and do their thing. Like everyone wants to be a part of horror movies and jump it in. So, uh, you know, never be afraid to ask for help, ask for favors. People want to do it. Um, there's a lot of resources now to, um, to help you make movies too. There's DaVinci Resolve. It's a free editing program that's um, you can download. So I think it's better than Premiere and Final Cut. Um, there's all kinds of tutorials online for it. Um, even just, you know, people are filming actual movies on their cell phones now. Like you don't need a big fancy camera. Um, if you're ever looking for like, uh, you know, cheap equipment to order for like lighting or sound, like feel free to message any of us. We can give you the list of stuff that we use. That's so um, I think now more than ever, it's, it's more than people's grasp to make an actual full length film that, you know, there's just so much you can get now. So um, don't be afraid. Just, you know, try to do your best and see what, like what you are capable of and just do it. I like we said there too about the community, because you've mentioned many times about Providence, you know, and this is a very Providence film. Uh, and I think a lot of people think, you know, I have to be in L.A. or New York. And obviously, if you are, you know, you have more people around. But I think everywhere has some type of film community that where they can find some people to make stuff with or, you know, do whatever with. Absolutely. I think also and I've said this before in a couple other interviews, like I don't know that the film could have existed in or like would have ever existed if we were in an L.A. or New York. Like, I think it's because of the size of Providence and how the community responded to our project and how supportive everyone was that like people got excited for it. Like they invested in it. And um, I don't know that that sort of like camaraderie or energy or even community, I'm sure it exists in pockets in bigger cities, but I think like we could, we, if we needed something and we outreached someone like most of the time they were supportive and they were down to help. So I don't think um, Death Drop would have existed in a bigger city, I think because of the size of Providence and how close knit uh, the, the community is, um, is why it happened at all. Um, how, how did the people uh, that were involved, you know, the, the, the music, the, uh, the places you filmed at, did they all get to see the movie and the, what did they think of it? Yeah, unfortunately, they're not talking to us anymore. But, um, <laughs> That's why you go to province now. <laughs> no, I think um, like earlier when I was saying, like one of my favorite parts about this next chapter is the uh, communal success. Like um, I think everyone feels a little bit of ownership of this film, like the little bits that they contributed, the little parts that they were in, um, the little fundraising that they participated in. Like, um, again, it took us five years to make this film. And so a lot of people have been invested with us along this whole journey. Um, so I think it's just really redemptive. Like there's a lot of like, you know, validation and vindication to be like, we fucking did it and we did it together kind of yeah. vibe. I do like the idea that they ran you out of town, though, like with torches, like at the end of the old Universal monster movie or something. But I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad. They didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you mentioned you know people can uh, contact you if you, if they wanted advice. But how how can people follow you guys, and how can they follow the movie? See what's up with it, or what you guys are going to do in the future. Yeah. Um, so Death Drop Gorgeous, if you search that on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, you should be able to find us. Our poster is that bright pink one, so it's like not hard <laughs> to miss. Um, so we're pretty active on all three of those. Um, if So we actually also, I thought something that we didn't mention was, um, so after Death Drop, we decided to kind of start our own little uh, production company. So we started this production company called Monster Makeup. 
Um, and if you go to search for that on Facebook or Instagram or on there, it's sort of like a seafoam green uh, monster lady. It looks pretty cool. Chris designed the graphic. And so we just kind of wanted to start that to like, not just have our feature films, but we're going to try to also create other events uh, locally and work on other projects. Like Brandon just directed a music video for this local band called Anxious Wave, who were featured in the uh, punk show in Death Drop Gorgeous. So I think we're going to continue to do like bigger things like features, but also like music videos and smaller things and um, and throw some events too. Um, so if you want to follow whatever <laughs> messes we're getting into uh, monster makeup, We'll have news there. And then St. Drogo is also on Facebook and Instagram. And we will be posting um, um, yeah, updates there, hopefully throughout the fall and winter. Yeah, we have we have so many favors to pay back for like making mom like for making Death Drop Gorgeous. Uh, I'll be making drag queen like uh, fundraising event posters for the rest of my life. <laughs> like for the rest of my life, I'm like committed to pro bono work. <laughs> By the way, who did the new poster? I, I do like the poster. That was um, our production company. So their their marketing team designed it. Um, they sent us like a handful of designs and that was kind of the one, not only that they liked, but that we really liked as well. Um, and it has the beautiful uh, Kelly Square is the name of the drag queen uh, on the poster. So yeah, it was, it was um, Dark Star's uh, marketing team that made it. That's interesting because there are times where I'll, um, a movie will be at a festival and I think they'll have a very cool poster and then they'll get distribution and then they'll have a very typical poster. And I always think it's actually a downgrade, but I actually uh, thought the new poster is, is very cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, we do have like a very exciting sort of like teaser poster that we're going to do as like a limited merch thing, hopefully soon. Cause we commissioned this um, artist um, in South America to do a very cool eighties like style oh, nice. uh, poster. So we're excited to, kidding, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're excited to get that out there. We think we're going to try to like get some merch of it. So um, that was gonna be my next question. Yeah. A shirt or even the posters would be cool. Yeah. yeah so, and it's cool. Cause he's another queer artist um, and did such a good job. And so the um, company we're working with right now is binge press and like the queer um archive um so it's just another like collective collaborators of like queer artists who can kind of produce artist prints so i think that it just follows like the philosophy of our movie of being like if if a queer person can do it <laughs> get them <laughs> it's another another quote for the for the <laughs> right all right so uh, how about yourself brain where can people follow you oh all the same places uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, <laughs> all, all the fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this has been very fun to talk to you guys again, and we're, yeah. we're, all, we're all looking forward to the next movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. If anything, the sort of like response we've gotten from death throughout these past couple of weeks has only like invigorated us more. Like it's been really nice. exciting. So um, yeah, we're, we're I'm more excited now to like, for folks to see for folks to see St. Drogo yeah. and to see how much we've grown. That's interesting too, because the a festival can have a different audience than not necessarily mainstream people watching it, but you know, a bigger, bigger audience because people go festivals, expect a certain kind of movie or, well, you know, love some weird movie, but you don't know if that's going to, uh, you know, if it gets out there to a bigger audience, if they're also going to accept it, but people are yeah. digging it. Yeah, I think like if if you go in like knowing what you're getting into, like um, we obviously didn't like make hereditary. Like if you're looking for like sort of an elevated horror, that's a metaphor for family grief or whatever. Like you're not going to get that in Death Drop. Um, but if you want to have like a fucking fun time and like throw a party and like, I don't know, watch with your friends and like laugh and scream and cover your eyes, um, then like Death Drop's the movie for you. That is one, um, you know, we want everybody to say, be safe, but it would have been, it, I could definitely see it being a fun movie to watch with an audience if it would have had the uh, the, the in-person <laughs> festival. Yeah, I think we, we have some plans uh, on a, like on a local level to do an in-person thing. So hopefully we get to um, experience that because we always say that like Death Drop, I like is supposed to be seen in a crowd, like at least with a group of friends, like it's it's supposed to be a group activity. And I think, 
um yeah it only feeds off of other people you only feed off of like other people reacting to it so hopefully hopefully sometime in the future yeah and if in like 60 years um <laughs> there's like some stupid dive bar that's like um playing like death drop gorgeous and it's like a night of a, a night of a hundred glorias i will die happy like that's actually all i ever cared about like i'm creating um some kind of iconic an iconic concert that people will party with <laughs> and you'll be right there you'll be yep. just along you'll be like the herschel gordon lewis uh, uh, to those people you think <laughs> look just like i am now because i've been bathing in blood oh, nice <laughs> we'll find out I guess. <laughs> all right well this has been very cool and we will do this again sometime oh we'd love to thank you guys yeah. for having us you guys are awesome yeah thank, thank you, you so much oh, it's always Congratulations. So thank you so much thank you guys thanks <laughs> Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. Good night. Good night. Now I'll wave awkwardly as I hit. (laughs) We'll just keep doing it with you. Yeah. From ancient terrors to the search for modern day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. The tomb of Nick Cage. They're coming tonight! Mostly! They're coming tonight! Mostly! They're coming tonight! Mostly! They're coming tonight! Mostly! Find out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The tomb of Nick Cage. They're